Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Creative people, how they keep it going, how they do what they have to do, make things happen, stay creative, find joy in it. That's what I love to talk about. And today I have a very multi-talented guest. His name is Valton Jackson. He is a singer, dancer, actor, porn star, OnlyFans entrepreneur, and he does all of it with a, a certain kind of joie de vivre, if you will. Like he just is himself. Uh, he could be doing a, an intense porn scene. And then the next time you see him, he's on his Instagram recreating Britney Spears sometime video move for move. And it all seems to work. Um, I came across him. I think I had seen some of his scenes maybe on OnlyFans or something like that. I've seen his porn work a little. And then right after that, he was the spokesmodel on my friend Nora Burns's online show called The Selling Shit Show. And Nora Burns has been on this podcast. And I was like, that's that same guy. And then I found him on Instagram and it turns out he's a recording artist. He just came out with a remix uh, EP of his song Shirtless with a bunch of different remixes. It's really cool. So I tracked him down and I was like, I want to talk to him about how he makes it all work together. Um, before we get to that, uh, I want to get a plug in for the virtual game nights I've been hosting. They're still going strong. We're doing a lot of corporate events now because all of these teams are working remotely and people, they're sick of Zoom, but now that they're getting more uh, interaction in their life, they're willing to do like a thing once in a while. So um, if you want to connect with people that are far away or you want to have a good time and not have to leave your house, um, I can hook you up. I'll host a really fun game for you. Go to youdon'tknowmylife.com. And now we're going to get to the interview with Valton. But before we do that, I want to mention he's a huge Britney Spears fan. And after the interview, I got to thinking about when I worked on the RuPaul Gay for Play game show, I wrote a Britney Spears quiz for one of the expert rounds. And I didn't have a copy of it. So I tracked it down through the producer um bruce mccoy thank you bruce and so i got valton back on zoom to do the britney quiz a few days later um so i'm gonna just put that at the end i think or i mean put it in the middle i'm not sure where i'm putting it yet i'm recording this before the editing but there's gonna be a britney quiz that will either delight you beyond belief or you will roll your eyes and shut us off and go back to listening to npr but whatever it is <laughs> i hope you enjoy it um and here's the interview with valton jackson Joining me now via Zoom from Brooklyn, it's Valton Jackson. He's a musician, a singer, dancer, actor. He has an OnlyFans page. He models. He does it all. And I'm a big fan. So I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for having me. Now, I think I first saw you uh, in some of your modeling um, OnlyFans work, if you, if you uh -huh. will. And then, like, the next day... I saw you on a, a friend of mine's um, online show, The Selling Shit Show, Nora Burns, who's been a guest on this podcast, an old friend of mine, comedian. And I was yeah. like, and, and you were part of the show being kind of like the spokesmodel, the Vanna White. And I was like, that's <laughs> that guy from that. And then I started kind of deep diving into you on the web. And I find out you're a musician and you have a whole, you know, Spotify thing going on and you do all of these things. So I was like, I really want to talk to that Belton guy. Um, how did you first meet Nora, by the way, my friend? Yeah, um, so I, I am obsessed with Nora Burns. I love her so much. She's, She's one, one of the, the best people. One of the best people you could ever meet in your life here in New York and just in general. I love Nora so much. Right. So I 
I met Nora through a, a party promoter that I used to go-go for. She was looking for a, a male stripper for her friend's birthday party. She, Nora is a part of this uh, comedic, like, comedy troupe trio called the Unitards. Who I love. I, I see them every time they come to L.A. Yeah, they're hilarious. And so for one of the guys, it was their birthday. I think it was Mike. And she wanted to find a, a male stripper. And so she asked uh, Daniel, the party promoter, and he gave her my information. And so she contacted me being like, oh, are you available this night? You know, it wouldn't take too long. We just want to have you come in and like, you know, dance for him a little bit. Da, 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 for this show. I was like, absolutely, yes. You were their magic I- mic. You were their magic mic. I was their magic mic. Right. (laughs) And so that I met her that night and just, you know, anyone who ever meets Nora, you just kind of like instantly fall in love with her. She has such a great energy and like presence and she's so sweet and she's done so many things. Talk about someone being like multifaceted. Like, you know, she's just like, you're all around like every woman for New York city, particularly from like the eighties. Like she just like name it. She's done it. And she's so cool. And she has such a great outlook on life and she's such a good like mom and just a great person, you know? Yeah. I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite Nora stories is, I don't know, this would have been the late 90s and I was visiting New York and she was there and like 10 of us were going to see the screening at New Fest, the gay film festival. And I Uh had like 10 tickets and Nora was the first there. And so she was in charge of saving a whole row, right? Of like 10, her by herself, saving seats for like 10 gay guys who are coming in late or whatever. And like, I, I, I don't have that thing of like, no, nobody can sit here. But she can do that with charm and like, that's nothing for her. And I yeah. was like, that, that that just was like a Nora memory that flashed into my head as we were talking about this. Um, that sounds very Nora. That sounds so very Nora. one of the things you do is you're a recording artist and you just came out with a new EP of remixes for your yeah. song called Shirtless. Um, yes. Talk to me about the, the, the remix project and what goes into it. Like, the tracks already exist. Is it about you finding remixers? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so um, so my single, Shirtless, I released in 2016. Right. And, um, you know, it's kind of like this R&B-infused, like, dance single. Um, I wrote it about this guy that I saw on the train. He was on there for, like, maybe, like, one or two stops. And I just, you know, instantly fell in love because he was, like, really, really hot. He had this great body. And I was just kind of, you know, in New York, you see good-looking people all the time. But every once in a while, you see somebody who, like, really takes your breath away. And yeah, like, on the train and, especially. So the yeah, video like, the video you made is based in reality. Okay. It, absolutely, yeah. Like, 100%. And so, um, yes, that is this whole concept for the music video with more of, like, a fantastical air to it. Sure. But, um, so I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a singer and songwriter, but I'm also a dancer as well. And I enjoy like dance music and, and remixes that the, all of that, that style and genre of music is very inspiring to me. So I, I like to create those. So I have producers that I've worked with um, virtually, you know, throughout the pandemic and, and even beforehand. Um, one in particular is D3L. He's pretty much my go-to guy, particularly for remix stuff. Right. And, um, and me and him had just kind of like been talking and I was like, you know, I want to put out something, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. I want people to have something to listen to that's just like fun and like free and like just makes them happy it was just like you know cool fun you know tracks and right. i had wanted to do remixes for my single shirtless for a while because i had done remixes for all of my other songs right and um and so we worked together and we talked we talked about concepts and ideas and that's you know essentially how you know how the remix um came to be i, I just released it on the first so it hasn't even been out a week yet 
Um, but it seems to be being re received really, really well. I'm really happy with the way it turned out. And yeah. And yeah. There, there are multiple remixes, right? With different, from different producers? And no, so all the remixes are from the same producer, I D3L. Got it. But the original single that I um, released, I worked with a producer named Joseph Vitorito, right. who's based out of Portland, Maine. And then he also collaborated with another DJ producer friend of his, DJ Ant LaRock, who I've actually never met, but he did work on the original single as well. Nice. But all of the lyrics and melodies and harmonies and stuff, that's, that's all me. Now, I've looked at all of your songs online and your videos. Does Shirtless the one where you have a spoken thing at the beginning? Or was that a different one? That was Can't Get Next to You. Yes, that my, okay. That, that, was my, that was my debut single. Which was a little bit Slave for You intro, and I know that you're <laughs> a super Britney fan, which we're going to get into. But I was like, oh, he's like, I know I may be young, right? It's that. <laughs> it is. It totally is. I cannot lie. I'm a huge copycat for Britney Spears. Like, she's like probably my biggest influence as an entertainer, for sure. So, yeah, anything I do as a singer, songwriter, performer, Hands down, it's influenced by Britney in some capacity. How but yeah, did... can't get next to very slave. Yeah. I would love someone to do like a mashup. I would love some like DJ or producer to be like, let's do it. I'm a slave for you. Can't get next to you. Um, like mashup. mashup. We're planting that seed right now. We're we're gonna manifest it. When did you yes. fall in love with Britney? When you're when you oh, first album, first moment. Like, what do you remember about that love affair? Almost instantly. I mean, a lot of it, I would say, is you know. Oh, some some of it's probably generational. I mean, Britney came out when I was like twelve, right? Twelve. I was in like six, six, six or seventh grade when she debuted, right? And I remember it was like the first time for me as a young person, like seeing someone be really famous from the beginning, like going from like basically like we have no idea who this is until like one of the biggest stars in the world, and um, and I feel like most gay guys have like their one female pop star, right. or I that they just connect with in that way because it's like they make music and they get to sing about their truth which i inevitably inevitably like kind of like live through right mine is madonna for better or worse exactly yeah right. so like absolutely like same thing um but no i've been in love with the from from the very beginning i remember when like the song baby one more time first came out and i saw her in the music video like dancing particularly in like a little pink crop top that's pink right. is like one of my favorite colors and she was like in the basketball court and everything. I was like, who is this girl? Like, she's so fun and like talented. And she's like pretty. And she's like dancing and stuff. Like, I felt like I had never really like seen a girl artist like in this way, you know, right. prior prior to this, at least in my, and again, in my lifetime, in my generation. Right. But I particularly remember, like, I liked Baby One More Time and I liked um, Sometimes. But there was something about her single, You Drive Me Crazy. The way she was singing on it, I, I thought her voice sounded great on that track. Right. Um, the video, it was like, it was less production. It was just more like just her and her dancers or her just doing her thing. She had like a cute little crop top, yep. some hot pants, and she was just dancing her ass off. And I was just like, so that, I think that was a video for me that made me be like, oh, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. Right. Uh, like I'm a, I'm a diehard fan for sure. Have you seen her in concert a bunch of times? Uh, quite a few. I mean, I, first of all, I've like seen all the concerts just cause you know, internet, right. but I, I saw Baby One More Time live. It was like, I want to say the summer before eighth grade or the summer before after eighth grade. I guess it would have been the summer before eighth grade. Right. I saw Baby One More Time. Um, I was so excited. I saw Femme Fatale in New Jersey. I was with um, a buddy and her. I was with a friend of mine and her friend, I think, worked at Arista or LaFace Records or something as like an uh, intern. Right. And got free tickets to go see Britney in Jersey. And we were like, let's go. So we went and saw, I saw Finn Fatale. I saw the Vegas tour 
twice. Well, I saw I saw it in Vegas, and right. then I saw it. It came to New York at um, Radio City, and I think that I think that's it. Actually, I don't think I've seen any other. I did not see Circus live. I did not see Oops live. That's all right. I did not. I did not see Onyx Hotel or Dream Within a Dream live. I wanted to though. Yeah, I I think Femme Fatale is my favorite album. Yes. Um, I think Slave a lot for of You. Have to hate on that album. That's a really good album. Come on, Till the World Ends and yeah. I Want to Go and How I Roll should have been a hit. Yeah. Um, I love Inside Out. Inside Out is probably my favorite song. From yes, that's so good. Um, so good. In my hip hop class, I got to learn the, the, that whole combination and I Play did it in a recital and I'm in my 50s and it was the most exciting thing that had ever happened to me. You guys I have to it. come and see the Slave for You recital. I'm like an old dude. That's good. That's yeah. Good. For arguably, that's a great dance era. For, that's a great that's, dance That was era. the peak, I think, of her physical powers for me in terms of videos. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. You dance like her. Your movement has her thing. And I think, think? of all the divas, J-Lo, Janet, Britney, Madonna, all of them, she's mm-hmm. the one I like to watch dance the most. There's something about mm-hmm. her fluidity. There's something mm-hmm. about her... I, I think it's the most pleasing. Like... With yeah. the other, like some of the others, J-Lo's working so hard, you know, and mm-hmm. I love her. But it's, there's something about the way Britney moves that I think is delicious. Um, I I agree. I agree. I love watching Britney dance. I mean, I love all those women that you just listed, actually. I'm a fan. Like, any any female recording artist who's had a top 40 hit from, like, 1990 to 2010, I'm probably a fan of. Like, right. she's probably... But yes, Brittany, I love watching her dance. I I, I always enjoy um, Janet as well, and, yes. uh, and Aaliyah. I was always big into watching Aaliyah dance like, as dancers. Those are my three favorites. But yes, there is definitely something about Brittany's because I guess it's just like there's just a joy watching Brittany dance because that she has, and you can like see it's just she comes alive when she's she's dancing more so than like maybe other artists who is just like. You can tell they're dancing because that's just what recording right. artists do. If you, a, if you have a dance song, you've got to do choreography. Versus like Britney's, like no, I want to yeah. dance. Like it's almost, it's almost sometimes you can look at Britney and it, it it's almost appears like maybe the choreography came before the music even came. Like yes. you know, she wrote this song because of this dance yeah. in some way. And there's you know, something and in I, the spins, something about the way her head in the spins is very Britney. Yeah. Um, yeah. You did something on your Instagram recently that you recreated the sometimes video shot for shot right down to like the doe eyed look and that sort of teenage thing, which I love what inspired you to do that. And how much work was it? (laughs) Yes, I did it. I did do that. Um, It's amazing. Thank you so much. It was really, really, really fun. Like low key, it's probably like one of my most proudest things I've ever done in my life. So I, <laughs> you nailed I went, it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. So I went to, I was in the Maldives, which is gorgeous. I th- one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. Where is that? Is it in Asia? It's near East Asia. It's okay. kind of like near Sri Lanka. I think that's like the okay. It's about a five-hour flight from, like, Dubai. Wow. So you end up in the Maldives. Did you I ended up in the Maldives. Did you go with friends, or did you just go for fun, or what was the occasion? No, I I was definitely paid to go there. I was was hired for a gig. I could not afford to go to the Maldives by myself. Right. At least not. Right. Um, (laughs) uh, I was hired to be a dancer at a wedding, like, this really, really fancy wedding. Um, but we were, tra- it was a group of 30 of us from this entertainment company from New York. Right. But they had, they sent, they sent us in, like, smaller travel groups. 
the small the group I was in, there were seven of us, and one of the musicians unfortunately uh, tested positive for COVID upon arrival. Oh shit! And it's a very strict Muslim government, a very strict Muslim country. So they were like, you know, we know only one of you tested positive, but unfortunately, all seven of you have to quarantine for two weeks. And at first we were like, oh man, we have to like quarantine for like two, like 14 days in this country that we've never been of. I had never even heard of the place before I booked the gig. I was like, where are we? But then you look around at how beautiful it is and you're like, wow, this is an amazing place. It's like, okay, I can stay here for 14 days. Sure, you know, it was like, it's like paradise. Um, And I was like, you know, spending my time just in this water villa, like this amazing, like infinity pool and like a staircase that goes into the ocean. And like, there's fish and turtles everywhere. We're getting room service and it's great. And um, I was just like, I had done like a dance video to like Megan Thee Stallion's uh, Body Adi, like that Body Adi temple. Oh, that's cute. So I did that. And then, I don't know, like, again, like, Britney's, like, my biggest influence. So she's kind of always subconsciously in my head. And I think I was, like, looking around at how, like, I was like, oh, this is a beautiful beach set up, a beautiful beach background. There's a boardwalk. I have to remake sometimes. Like, I was like, yes. I, like I, I, how, how can I be a Britney fan? And I'm in this, like, beautiful beach setting once in a lifetime. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be in the Maldives again. I want to go, but I don't know if I'm going to ever. I was like, I have to do this. And I had actually, when I was on, I was on a tour for like a musical once and, a, and we were in a high school performing at a high school theater. Right. And my friend that I was on the tour with, he was like, Dalton, you have to remake Baby One More Time. I was like, what? He was like, do it. He's like, you're, you're in a high school. When are you ever going to be in a high school again? Right. And I was like, you're right. So we like. I couldn't possibly remake. hit it. Yeah. Exactly. Like, cue it up. <laughs> Oh, I don't so know. I put, on a, I put on a blonde wig and did it one more time like a few years ago. So then I think I was already like in that mind right. frame, you know, recently. I was like, oh, so I'm going to do it. And I was like, but if I'm going to do it, like I'm going to go for it. So yeah. I like watched the video. I got frame by frame. I had my friend who was on that same gig. She was supposed to be the makeup artist. But again, we were quarantined. And so she helped me and she like filmed. I was like, so I need this shot. And we were going back and forth between the music video and then we'd like film it. I learned the choreography. Like that was one of the ones I didn't know the choreography exactly because that that was one of the ones that wasn't super choreography heavy, yeah. but it's still I think because it's Britney, right? But yeah, I mean, I had a I had a pair of like little white booty shorts and white sneakers with me, and I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and so I just I went for it. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'm happy it came out. What's the reaction been? She hasn't seen it, has she? I hope she has. <sighs> I don't know if she's seen. It. I would love for her to see it. That would be, that would be amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh! But um, but no, everyone else they've been like Dallas Oh my god, this is incredible! Like so many people like reposted it and shared it, and like it's got so many comments. It's probably my most viewed video on my Instagram. So it, it's, yeah, it's like, inspired, and it's it's the attitude. Yeah. It's not just the movement and the beauty of the shots. It's that innocence thing that she has. <laughs> um, did it take you all day? Is that a, is it a day long project or multiple days? Um, we, we did it over the course of like two days, but we never spent like, I don't know, more than like maybe an hour and a half or a couple hours. Yeah. I don't want to take up much of my friend's time. We did like two hours one day and two hours another day. I, and I, and that, and that was just with her. Like I made sure I like did what I needed to do to make sure I like knew the choreography yeah. and like knew exactly like what parts of the song I wanted. Cause I also took some things from like towards the, I only did like the first verse of the chorus, but yeah. I took some more like recognizable moments later in the video and put them in the beginning. Um, and yeah, I just made sure I knew exactly what I needed to do so that when I ever, I called my friend over, we just, you know, we, she didn't have to, she, all she had to do was like point and record. I was right. like, okay, I know. It's uh, called being a professional. So you know your shit before the crew shows up, even if the crew is your friend <laughs> in the next water villa. Um, exactly. People have to go to Instagram and watch that. It's, it's so inspired. 
What do you think of the the current Britney moment, the Free Britney, the the, the documentary? The documentary oh. made me sad because of how cruel the media was to her during that time. And I was part of it. You know, I'm a journalist mm -hmm. and I remember reviewing the Give Me More performance for MSNBC, writing an article about it. And, and that was that was really rough, right? Um, and I just, I think we were, we saw her through the lens of what a mess instead of, oh, this, this, is, a, this is a girl under a lot of pressure who probably needs some help or... I don't know. We didn't we didn't view her very compassionately, um, and, yeah. I, and I feel bad about that. Yeah, um, I I watched the documentary too. Um, I I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a diehard fan of Britney Spears the performer and of Britney Spears the person. I haven't really commented on on the hashtag Free Britney stuff at all for a few reasons. I I I do feel like there's you know there's probably like a lot of there is a lot of information that we aren't privy to that we right. don't know about. And so, you know, it's a sensitive subject and, and it seems like, you know, from the times that Brittany has like actually got on camera, like in front of the phone and like recorded her saying, she's like, she's made comments like, guys, I'd like to have privacy right now. Or, or it's just like, I'm okay. Or, you know, it just seems like she would rather the world, like just mind its own business and she'll take care of it. This is her private life. Brittany's always been, you know, as a person, from what I could see, again, I don't know her personally, but it seems like she's always been a private person. Like, she's very open about, you know, her music and performing and dancing, and she's a very bubbly, polite person. But when it comes to matters of her family, you know, she... You know, I remember that interview she did with, I think it was Matt Lauer. She just wanted, like, the paparazzi to just leave her alone. Like, she just wants privacy. She's a human being, and she just wants to have her private life be just that, private. Yeah. Just because you're a famous entertainer doesn't mean you're less human, you know? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I just want Britney Spears, the human being, to be happy, healthy, um, safe, and living a life that she wants to. Because I feel like every human being deserves all of that. If that means that she needs to be under some sort of conservatorship, then so be it. You know, I think it should be one that's fair and one that's adjusted. But I, you know, I don't. I think there may be certain people that shouldn't be in charge of her. In, in charge of that conservatorship. Um, and then there are others that, you know, maybe it would be okay if they were. Right. Um, you know, but but if she is well enough to not be under conservatorship, then sure, then, like, take her off of it. But whatever, it, whatever needs to be done for her to be happy, healthy, safe, and well taken care of and living the life that she wants, that's, that's, and that's what I would want for her. That's what I would want for any human being. But, yeah, watching the documentary and, like, thinking about what the world was in terms of like the media and journalism back in the late nineties, early 2000, it was kind of a weird time. We, it, it, it was a time where it was just like, it was, it was cool and it was okay to make fun of celebrities at all costs. Like yeah. particularly young women, like we talked about their weight. We made fun of anything they said or did their songs. You know, I mean, there was these weird interviews of like, grown men asking her at 17 about her breast if she had a boob job like some that stuff was like so never fly today like if someone asked a teenage girl about her breast today like you would be immediately canceled and fired right. even if you asked a grown woman like even if you asked like i don't know like sandra bullock who's in her 50s like even if you asked her about or did you get a boob job she would, first of all sandra would probably punch you in the face right and you'd be fine and you'd be immediately fired like you don't ask people a question like that that's so bizarre but yeah for some reason in the year 2000 
it was okay to do that. And I think, you know, because Britney was like this blonde, sweet country girl who was just very open and bubbly and polite, people just took advantage of that. Right. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't know. But but yeah, um, in terms of like, you know, the current state of her freedom and her life and everything, I, I don't like to comment on it because I feel like it's a very serious private issue. And I know if I were famous and I was going through some weird stuff with my family and legal things, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want people to be talking about it either. Yeah, you know, I hear you. Where'd you grow up? I'm from Georgia. I'm from nice. Georgia. I was born, I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. But I, I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. That's, Georgia, the savior home. of our democracy, the state that saved the democracy. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> exactly thank you Stacey abrams <laughs> thank you right um yes. did you go to dance classes when you were growing up when did you start performing like early not not dance wise no i mean i've sang kind of like my entire life right that's what i started doing first kind of just just at my house like singing along with like mariah carey albums like before britney my girl was mariah sure. she's still my girl but before britney it was Mar- it was mariah Aaliyah. i like the tlc i love the spice girls right whitney of course right. celine but um but like as far as like which recording artists i had more albums than anybody else before britney it was mariah Right, and I was just like singing along to her. Like I remember one time, like whenever I first discovered you could record your voice on computers, I like sang along to "Vision of Love" with Mariah Carey, like playing next to it. Like right. so I just like sang I do it with her. Um, and then I started doing like choir, like school chorus, and like choir in church, and all that stuff. And then I joined a professional boys singing group when I was like twelve. I was in sixth grade. I auditioned. It was actually my second time auditioning because the first time I didn't make it. And, um, and I was with them for like three years, basically all through middle school. And so that's where I really, really started like performing is like with music. And then I got into theater in high school, musical theater primarily. Right. And I really enjoyed acting. But no, I didn't start dancing until college. And I Same here. Kind of, yeah. 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 I was, I was never like a trained dancer by any means. Like I'm not, I'm not classically trained in, in, in really any of it, to be honest. I just kind of do whatever feels right and works for me. Right. I love it. Um, <laughs> So and you you were in the Macy's parade I saw in one of your pictures on Instagram. What's that like to do? Is it overwhelming? Is it like do they herd you into this big meeting area? What's it like to be part of that? It's so fun. Oh my god, no, it's it's so it's not overwhelming really at all. It's great. Like I've done it for three years now, but for the past two years I was uh one of the they're called the we're called the Starlet dancers. We were like one of the like Macy's dancers for Tom the Turkey. Right. And um Oh my God, no, it's so much fun. We get to wear these like fabulous, like amazing, like turkey feathered costumes that yeah. like Macy's provides. And we just get to like hold these light up letters and we get to like walk in front of the parade and it's great. And you have all these people like waving to you and screaming. Well, I mean, last year's was a little different, obviously, because of the pandemic, but the the year prior, I mean, no, it was just great. It was it's a long stretch. It's a lot of walking. You definitely get your cardio in for the day. Your steps are counted. Right. But but no, oh my God, it's like so much fun. And like, you sh- it's early. It's very, very early in the morning. Right. The, the parade starts at like nine. So yeah. we have to be there at like, I think like 6.30 or like seven. But um, but yeah, like you show up, you get in the costume, you like walk the, the route and then you're, and then you're done. You go grab drinks afterwards and you get to hang out and like have a great Thanksgiving. Last year, I even like flew home to spend Thanksgiving with uh, my family, actually. Like I did the parade and I like, 
grabbed my suitcase and went to the airport. <laughs> That's so cool. What were you doing this morning? Well, you might have seen me in the Macy's parade. You might have seen me, Mom. Pass uh, the turkey. My brother, I was on TV. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. also have a career in adult films on OnlyFans and things like that. When did that start for you? When did that start? So I, I filmed my very first porn scene in November of 2014. Is that right? Yes. And so, and then my, my first scene came out like the following March, March, 2015. Right. So I guess doing it for just over six years now, as far as like studio porn and stuff. Right. And then started the OnlyFans thing. I'm not gonna lie. Like I started in OnlyFans just cause like everyone else was doing it back in like 2018, I think like May, 2018. Right. But I really like, I didn't get it. I'm not like by nature, a social media person like that. So I didn't really get it. I posted on it sometimes. I didn't really like, promoted i didn't even have a twitter back then right but then i decided to start a twitter uh october of 2019 just because i was like well you know why not and so for for my you know for my like adult entertainment work right and then it was good that i did because i built like a little bit of a following prior to you know february february march of 2020 as we all know that's when the pandemic hit the hardest right and you know, life changed for everybody and so this this past year is when I really, really, really got into the OnlyFans stuff like heavily because, you know, for 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 a while and even now, it's kind of like been my primary source of income, almost my only source of income, really. Um, and 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 that's just what I, that's just what I've been doing. So, like, I'd, I'd say the pandemic was the push for me to get more heavily involved into the OnlyFans stuff. And then now, you know, with people being vaccinated and like the CDC uh, guidelines kind of like um, adapting, you know, porn studios are recording scenes again, too. So like I'm getting back into that and stuff. But I don't know, you know, theater was kind of on this like indefinite hiatus. So, you know, New York is an expensive place to live. Like yeah. You got to eat, you know, you got to eat, you got to pay rent. So, you know, you do what you need to do. But but also, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I did it just for the money. Like I can remember. I was a singer on cruise ships for a couple of years. I used to do that I, too. Yeah, who are you Prin with? Princess. I'm oh, a wow. I'm a princess person. Nice. Back in the way back in the day. Really beautiful. Those are beautiful ships. So yeah. What okay. what line did you work I was, on? I auditioned. For, I auditioned for Princess a couple of times. I never got it though. Those fuckers was, should have taken I you. Really, I was with Royal. Okay, Royal Caribbean. Yes, right. Royal Caribbean. Nice. And um, and I can remember after my after my second cruise ship contract, I was 28 years old. And I had just gotten back and I was about to, I had just started auditioning for stuff again. And I was sitting in my Brooklyn apartment in my room, feeling sorry for myself, like on the verge of tears. Cause I was just like frustrated. Cause it just felt like, I don't know. Like I thought I would be in a different place in my career at 28. And I was just like, I don't understand how all these other people who I've done shows with and we've worked at the same theaters are all like on Broadway and they're on Broadway tours. They're doing all these big things. And I'm just like, well, I'm doing the same stuff as them, but for whatever reason, it's just not going in the same direction. So I was, I was frustrated. Right. And I just felt like I was in this place of like, I'm going in for audition, 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 and like putting, you know, the outcome of my career in the hands of these people behind this table that don't know me. You walk in, you get like a minute to impress them and they get to decide whether or not you're good enough to be in their show. Right. And I don't know. It was just, it was just annoying. And so I was like, well, you know, I want to do something that, is just gonna make me feel like I'm in charge, like I'm the boss of what my destiny is, like what I am gonna do with my life and my career. Like I just want, I just, I felt, I felt like 
I had no control over my career. So I wanted to have control again. Yeah. And for whatever, for whatever reason that came to me in the form of like, I'm going to do porn. Like I'm going to do something that makes me feel like a badass and like I'm the boss. Right. So I like went a bunch of websites and I like just sent them a bunch of like pictures and stuff and videos of me. And I heard back, I think I, I think I applied to like four or five, but I honestly didn't even expect to hear anything back from them. Cause I was just like, well, I don't, I'm just like, this is not how people become porn stars, whatever. So I like said it just to, like, and that was enough. That was enough of me, like, you know, getting out my frustrations. Right. But then I heard back from a couple of studios. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And so, <laughs> all right. One of, and so then one of them next door, Ebony, they, uh, they, contacted me and they were like we love your photos we love your pictures we know you're new you have no experience in this world but we'd love to bring you in and film a couple of scenes and i was like really they're like yeah and i was like okay and they're like are you available this day for this you know this set amount of time this week and i was like sure and i was like oh my god am i really doing this and they like booked the flight and like i flew and over there and like i i mean i can remember even like walking down like the what's the like the aisle between like the the waiting area and the plane called the the thing yeah what's it called i know the gangway know. no that's gangway. a ship maybe it's a gangway uh, i don't yeah. know the, the thing the tunnel thing that you walk right. on to onto the plane right i can remember like walking down there being like Dawson, you're nuts are you actually like about to go do porn but then at the same time i was like this is badass like i can't like yeah i'm gonna go do some porn like whatever and i did it and like <laughs> i feel like i was like completely a novice i had no idea what i was doing like my first scene was trash but thankfully i had great scene partners who like helped me through it. they could tell i was new so like they were like this is what you do. like this is how this works we'll help you you know whatever and then i was good for my my second scene i filmed two scenes for that production and um and yeah and i've just kind of been doing it like on and off again ever since i mean i it's always been a side job like it's just something i just did like again to make me feel more in control of my career and it is like a you know a pretty fun way to like make some money on the side but i always I never let it interfere with like the music or the theater stuff, but it's definitely helped provide me right. with an income support the music and the theater stuff. Like, I mean, you know, producers and photo shoots and that stuff is not like that's, you know, headshots, dance class, like those things aren't cheap. Right. And so, music and, and videos in a way, it's sort of helped you yeah. finance your other career. And that's what I think Absolutely. we all have to do as creatives. What strikes me though, is watching uh, the, the porn and then like you, um, like in the porn, you're often dominant, you're masculine, all of this stuff. And then your Instagram, you're doing sometimes on the beach. And I just <laughs> love that you're like, yeah, and it's, I'm all of these things. And I'm not like yeah. trying to pretend anything else. There's something about it that I find uh, really refreshing, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not going to be ashamed of my feminine parts. And I'm not mm -hmm. going to be ashamed that I do uh, porn and that I have this, you know, really that I enjoy sex and that I'm, that I, you know, sexual in this way, they can all yeah. be part of me and you guys can all just deal with it. That's what comes yeah. across with, in a, with a joy. There's not like an attitude around it, but I find that very um, ex exciting and refreshing because I think I grew up with so much shame around sex, right? Um, we all, we all do. Right. I did. Right. I did too. But yeah. we all, we all have that part of ourselves and we all have those longings and those desires and, that's the way my thinking has changed the most in my life. You know, I grew up thinking well, if somebody was promiscuous or sexual, that was immoral. They'll never yeah. find love, all of this stuff. And it's really taken me, a, you know, I've evolved to the point of like, people should do what they want. That looks like fun. They yeah. should do it. They're not hurting anybody else. You know, do it. But then there's also the consideration of, well, they won't take me seriously as a singer if they know about all of this stuff. And what mm -hmm. comes across in your work is like, 
that, that you're not that you don't care about that stuff, but that you're not buying into those feelings, right? That's what comes across yeah. in your work. I, you're, you look like you have that you're into whatever you're doing in that moment, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm very, I'm very much a person of, of like, where, where am I in this moment? And this is who I am and what I'm doing at this time. Um, absolutely. And, and, and thank you. Like, those are all really kind words. And yeah, I, I, I 100% can relate to that whole, the shame of sex. I think particularly society has a really, really like weird way of making particularly like gay people and women feel bad about being sexual. You should feel really, really bad about your sexuality. If you're a woman or like a gay person. Straight I mean, it goes back like, to Brittany. Like, like that was part of exactly the thing on Brittany. One, She's too absolutely. sexy. She's too sexy. Yes. Right. But, but meanwhile, we tell guys that we're, we tell 17 year old guys, like have us go get those girls, have as much sex as you want. Right. Like, you know, young, like young young men who are like our fathers before they graduate high school, like it, maybe it's frowned upon a little bit, but definitely not to the same extent that like women who are mother, young girls that are mothers before. It's not morally frowned on. It's more like, well, that's not a great move for your life, but, right. it, but you're not a slut. You know what exactly. I mean? Like you, yeah, exactly. you made a mistake or something. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, I know it's hard to imagine, but like, I would imagine like if in the late nineties, early two thousands had Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or Jessica Simpson or all those girls, had they, had they been guys, you know, doing the same stuff, then it wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been as big of an issue. She wouldn't have been as controversial. It's just because she was a girl wearing crop tops and doing sexy choreography that she was condemned and like demonized by all these Christian groups and all these mothers, like all this weird stuff that, you know, people make women feel bad about being sexual. And then people make gay people feel bad about being sexual too. We're all just sexual deviants and we're like disgusting or whatever. Right. And I don't buy that. I think that's so inaccurate and it's so just like not like it's not right like i think we're i think every you know human being has like sexual urges and desires and of there's course. nothing wrong with that's a natural part of being a human being and so why would you you know like why would you like condemn those parts of yourself or act like they don't exist i think that's very bizarre um and especially as an artist you know one who like as a recording artist and as um, as a, as a, even as like a theater guy, like I feel like sex is a part of all of that. Like there, there, there are musicals and plays about sex workers and and about sex. And so, why would I not like? Why would I feel bad about doing it in my real life? Like, right. why would that? I don't understand why. Why? Why would art imitating life be okay, but actual life not be okay? You know. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I feel like. I, I try to be a complete and whole version of myself entirely. And I don't try to ignore anything, you know, anymore, ignore anything of who I am. You know, I spent like a lot of gay men from my generation. Like I'm, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in like a week. And Happy like, birthday. <laughs> thank you. Uh, what day is your birthday? I'll see if I can put this out on your birthday. May 15. Okay. Awesome. May 15. Okay. Um, yeah. Like most people from like, you know, like my generation, I think, you know, we spent years and years like lying to ourselves about our sexuality and like hiding it, not wanting to admit it, trying to like change it, you know, all these things, like trying to like not be completely who we are. But now, you know, as I get older day, every day with every passing day, I try to live so much more comfortably and normally in my truth. I think that's an important thing that every human being should do. Doesn't mean you can't still like address your flaws and there are, there are ways to grow and change, of course, you know, we're always a work in progress, but I don't think there's, 
I, I, I'm very happy that we live in a world now where like sex is not as demonized. Sex work is not as demonized as it was before, but I do still feel like we have a long way to go. And anything I can do to help change that, I'm going to, even if it's just by just being myself. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't think people should really, really care. Right. And also, you I know, think that if you project, I don't, I'm not buying into this. So yeah. I'm, I'm here, I'm enjoying all of it. I'm into this yeah. part, I'm into this part. I'm not going to buy into it. Then it sort of takes the wind out of people's arguments or any, yeah. it's sort of like, it's, it's, I'm not, your your demonization is no good here. It's not going to work. But no. when when did you start to question that shame stuff and get over that stuff? Was it sort of like in your 20s or was it earlier? When did you sort of go, oh, wait, I don't need to buy into all of that stuff, especially around sexuality? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say... It, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can definitely remember, like, being, I had just graduated from college. I was, like, working at a theater doing a production of a chorus line. And you know the premise of a chorus line. They, yeah. They're all, like, auditioning, and then the director makes them all tell their life story of why they became a dancer, and they had to get really, really deep right. into their, like, personal business, right? So I can remember I was doing this production at a theater in Tennessee, and the director essentially did the exact same thing with us. He had us all, as actors, get on stage, which looking back on it, maybe it was a little like, ooh, I don't know if this was okay, but, you no, know, I, I hear you. There, there's so much of that in the theater world of, like, I'm going to kind of abuse you for your own good. That's a whole yeah. vibe. Yeah, there's a lot of directors like, and teachers like that, for sure. That re- Exactly. Yeah. So we had each one of us get on stage in front of everyone, and he would ask us really, really personal questions. And, you know, my whole thing was, you know, I wasn't out yet, and it was kind of that, I was that guy in the cast, everyone was like, we're pretty sure Valentin's gay, but, like, he doesn't talk about it, and we're like, you know, he's, you know, real coy about it. And right. I was, but I was still, like, shy about it and ashamed right. that I didn't want to talk about it yet. So, of course, that's literally, like, right out the park. He's like, so what is your what is your view on your sexuality? Are you gay? Da, 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 whatever. And I think I remember saying something to the effect of like, I just don't understand why that matters and why I should have to talk about that unless it's with someone that I'm going to be with. And it kind of like, when I mean, we kind of just basically went back and forth and it was like really, really awkward. Eventually it's like, okay, you can go sit down. Was and this in front of other people? Was it in front this of... Was in front, this, this was in front of the entire cast. Oh like, my like, gosh. We have to talk about this in front of... And I was only 22 years old. Like, I had just graduated college. So. Right. But I can remember like, I, was, I still was dealing with some shame then. I would say, but then I started being porn at 28. And so I can remember like doing porn, like I felt very like liberated, like I'm naked on camera, I'm being sexual on camera, like this whole part of myself, like having sex with men, being attracted to men, my sexuality, something that I was so ashamed of, like only only a f- five or six years prior. Now I have no shame with it and I just want to do more of it. I almost feel like it's 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 more so for me than it is for like the, the viewers or the watchers really. Right, you're making um, a statement, so, and you're claiming absolutely. something for yourself, and you're good at it. Like, that you have, I, I mean, not to, not, not, I don't mean to embarrass you or whatever, but, like, I, you, could, you probably have this moment of, like, I can do this. Like, I, 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 I'm, you're getting validation for it, right? Like, it, it was something that you were able to excel at, I guess, right? I guess so. I mean, I guess I've never really thought about it in that way. I know I enjoy sex a lot, and I know I sometimes feel like I'm making up for lost time for all the moments throughout my, you know, adolescence and, you know, teenage years where I didn't allow myself to live freely sexually. Because, you know, gay people, again, from my generation, like, I didn't get to, like, go on dates or have sexual experiences the same way all my straight, you know, classmates did. Right, of course. Um, You know what I mean? So So in a way, I feel like gay men 
particularly of my age, we're always kind of like a little bit behind because we're always making up for those years that we didn't experience that stuff. Right. So I, I guess, you know, I, I just kind of look at it as that, as that. I'm just like, I'm here to enjoy this time with this guy or several guys. And this is just something for me. And there have just so happens to be a camera here filming it. Right. It's kind of kind of how I look at it. I and and it's weird. It's also like, you know, because I am like a, you know, an actor and more like mainstream stuff. It just it it's weird. Like adult entertainment isn't that different than various other forms of entertainment. You know, it's just there's the, the explicit element. Sure. But, you know, we have call times, you have contracts, you have lines. They give you a script. You show yeah. up to set, you find in. Like, you know, like there, there, there's definitely like parallels between the two for sure. Yeah. And it's and in a lot of ways it is like perf- performative, you know, particularly like studio porn stuff. Like, you know, it's just you're you're taking on a character and you're giving you're giving a performance. Right. It's no in like dancing in a production of Chicago or, you know, doing like a movie or TV show for like NBC or or doing children's theater or something. Yeah. It's just this adult entertainment. That's children's entertainment. But like it's essentially the same concept. It's just a different audience. Yeah. A different kind of performing. Um, there yeah. was one scene I think I saw on your Instagram or maybe I saw the actual scene, but like heavy duty drama, uh, crying. <laughs> There's like a breakup yeah. happening or in a relationship, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's giving us he's giving us Meryl Streep in this breakup scene." Um, <laughs> talk to me about talk to me about that scene, and also this idea of like when you want to bring your theatrical background to this world, is it mm. always a, a, a good fit, or somebody's like, "You know what? Calm down, just say the lines." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you ever try to make it more than it? than than it needs to be or than that other people expect <laughs> um yeah so so thank you i don't i'm not meryl meryl she's she's a bad girl right but like i try my best you were you're um, serving you're giving it there were tears it was happening i felt thank it you. The, the the director his name is matt lynn for that particular scene it was a part of a series called journeys right Journey season two with uh davy wavy's porn company hemoros right Hemeros TV, and he, you know, Davey, with his company, he's really, really trying to help gay porn evolve more so than it has, like, in the last 20-plus years. Right. He wants to have, like, a different face, a different element, more inclusive, and just more, something more, like, uh, relatable than, like, right. standard gay porn scenes. Um, but, yes, he does, like, a lot of, like, uh, like scripted, like, heavy drama stuff. And... I mean, that performance in particular, yes, like without giving too much away, like in the series, me, my character Otto and his boyfriend, they um, are, you know, they're, they're, they're in a place in their relationship where it's like, we kind of got to like either go left or right and we don't know which way to go. And there's a lot of turmoil and there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding. And so in that particular scene, Otto is upset because the boyfriend, you know, did something that he wasn't supposed to do or he lied about it. And you know, it, it it put him in a place where he felt like he wasn't worthy or like, I was like, I knew I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. You just proved to me that I wasn't. Right. And so he was very heartbroken. And so that, you know, that scene, they wanted like a lot of, you know, as much emotion as I could, as I could give. And the director, <laughs> directors, man, they have a, they have some weird ways of like bringing things out of us, right. you know, kind of like that director from a chorus line. Yeah, that but jerk. They put you, they put they have a way of like, you know, constructively getting things out of actors that, you know, sometimes it, you do have to go into your psychological place a little bit and it, you know, it can pull things out of you. Um, 
and and he was able he was able to get to bring that out of me and i'm so glad he did because that's actually one of like my probably my proudest acting moments that i've ever had yeah no it's Um, good you feel it thank you yeah but no i would not always do like you know (laughs) i would not always go that deep right like (laughs) first of all you can read the room you can read the room and be like you gotta live in the moment right you gotta look at the script you gotta like see you know what it is that you're um like what story are you telling right you know even meryl like even meryl like she's one of the greatest actresses of all time she doesn't always give us her yeah you know full on you know you gotta play you gotta look at the script look at the story you're telling and what you're doing be genuine yeah be authentic be honest in your moment but no, there have definitely been times where, like, especially because my background is in theater, like, directors on porn sets have been, like, on, they call me Andre, you know, because, you know, Andre Donovan. They're like, you know, Andre, like, you can hold back a little bit on that. Yeah. Or you can give more. But also, I think the, the cool part about what I do in porn world is that because I am an actor and, you know, most of these guys, and I don't say this in any sort of, like, malicious or shady way, these guys aren't actors. They're just, like, really hot guys who are, like, really good at sex. But, like, they didn't want, they don't want to be actors. You right. know, they're not, that's not. That's not what they signed up for. But sometimes, you know, with these studio scenes, there are some lines and some scripted parts that need to be done. And so you I can I the the vibe I get from a lot of the directors and like, you know, creatives and crew that I work with is it just like they they see that I do have acting ability. Right. We're gonna so give you the heavy lifting. Like, like, yeah. yeah, they're like, we're gonna utilize this, and then it kind of like gives the other models right. an idea of like what they can do, you know, because like they don't they're not used to having like an actual like actor actor on set even though there are some really really talented actors in gay porn more so than most people probably realize yeah. like adam ramsey who i played opposite in that that journeys yeah um, show with david wick like he's a fantastic actor he, he's quite like a, a a lot of the success of my performance was because i was acting opposite him like he brought out some great things in me yeah um and there and there's like several there's several others like there there's people probably would be surprised how many like gay porn actors actually have a background in theater yeah that's interesting quite a quite a quite a few of them do actually where did you come up with the name andre andre donovan um where did i come up with the name so basically i i've always like felt like when i am on stage i do have this persona that's like this strong dominant alpha man from wealth and prestige and, yeah. but he's like black and he's like totally like empowered by his blackness but also his 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 i don't know privilege right and it's and your sasha fierce it's andre donovan is your sasha fierce 100 percent. so like i can remember when that album came out things like 2009 i was a singer at a theme park and i remember we were in theme parks you do like freaking like six shows a day i hear you so we, i get it so we were on, right so we were like on a break in between two of our sh- like one of our like an in, in between shows and that album that just came out and everyone was like listening to it and we we're all talking about me and all the cast we were like what's your favorite song and da, 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 all that stuff and then we were like so what's your sasha fierce's name like that we were all like going around like saying what our sasha fierce's name because i think beyonce had just done the interview explaining like who sasha fierce is and like right. all that stuff and um, they were like, Dalton, what's your Sasha Fierce name? And I was like, I thought about it. I was like, I don't know. I was like, I've always thought the name Donovan, something about it just sounds so like privileged and it has so much, I don't know, like richness and like wealth to right. it. And like, I like the name Donovan. That sounds like someone who is a boss and he's successful and he's, you know, somebody that you wouldn't mess with. Right. So I like the Donovan. But then I was like, but I wanted like, I think I like that as a last name. And then I wanted a name that sound very, sounded very like, 
unapologetically black. So I was like, D'Angelo, Devon, something with a D for some reason. I don't know. D'Angelo, Devante, DeAndre, DeAndre Donovan, Andre, Andre Donovan. Like, I don't know. That's just kind of, it's kind of like stuff. And I was like, oh, that works. I like it. Yeah. And so then whenever I started doing porn, I was like, well, I kind of already have this name for my, I do have my my Sasha Fierce name. Right. I already have my, my stage persona name. So I just kind of like decided to go ahead and give Andre a life of his own. So that's where that. Um, Mm. So you talked about how when COVID hit, having that OnlyFans thing was like a lifesaver in a way, but yet you have to find people to work with for some of it. Like you can do a lot of solo stuff. So it's like this catch 22 of like, Oh, this is a lifesaver. But how, what was that like to try to manage that? Yeah. Um, so yes, the thing about being an, having OnlyFans and being a content creator is that you are the boss. Like you're right, in you have to of generate. You're like your own one man studio, right? But that gives you a lot of um, op- a lot of opportunity to do what you want to do. So it's cool. But yes, it is a lot of work. So yeah, trying to like schedule with other models. The cool thing is that you know with social media, we all have access to each other essentially. Yeah. So people like, you know, will hit me up or I'll hit them up on Twitter. And it's like, especially if I can already see you have an OnlyFans link in your page. It's like, great. Would you want to be? And there's a lot of content creators in New York, like so many. Like, I saw a guy discover a new one every day. Right. And so you can be like, hey, would you want to like film sometime? Cool. Great. Or if you're, I'm on a porn set and like, you know, the model or models that I'm working with, we decide, hey, you know, like, where do you live next time you're in town? Let's go ahead and like create some content together. That works that way. You have the apps and stuff like Scruff or Grind or whatever. Like you can meet guys that way. Um, there are people like all, all, all social media, really. Like there's lots of guys that promote their uh, OnlyFans on uh, their Instagram and even on Facebook. You know, there there's there are ways to like get in contact with people. Even even people who maybe necessarily don't have OnlyFans or aren't really on there like that, but like they might they wouldn't mind maybe you like filming with them and putting it up there as long as you don't show their face and stuff like right. it's it is it is a process but it's 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 manageable but i would definitely argue that yeah scheduling with other models and um and the editing is probably like the hardest parts for only fans but but i still prefer it over studio porn if i'm going to be completely honest right you have more control in it right and you have all of the control. Like, you get to film with who you want to film with. You get to, like, do what you want to do. You don't have any, like, director or camera guy telling you what you should do and what you should say. And it's just, it's going back to, like, what I said earlier as far as, like, you know, you're just having sex with a guy and there just so happens to be a camera there. Like, it's definitely more so that versus studio porn is very, very performative. Like, it's, right. like, it, you have to, there's a lot of, like, unnecessarily, un- unnecessary, like, dialogue and like lots of uhs and ahs and all this stuff you have to like keep making noise right. even though that's so not real like sometimes in sex it's quiet because you're like you're both concentrating or you're catching your breath or something right and the great thing about OnlyFans is that you get to show that side of yourself to your subscribers like you don't have to worry about like talking too much yeah. or like you know just doing unnecessary things you get to just have sex what did know? it mean to you during COVID to have that outlet to like connect with people to hear from fans did it kind of help you cope with the isolation of everything? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, for a while, I definitely, like, took a break just because I was scared of the coronavirus. Of course. You know? I would be, and I was even, like, gone out of the city. I went to visit my family in Georgia, and I was there for, like, two months. So a lot of my content was just solo stuff. But even just posting solo things, yeah, you know, you, you get to interact with people, like, virtually, and it just gives you still that sexual outlet and 
um, you're still able to like provide something for people. Like you still feel like you have some sort of like, I guess, purpose in a way. Um, and it's just something just to take your mind off of it. It just gives you something to do. Right. Because for a lot of people, you know, myself included, there were times throughout the pandemic that was just like really, really rough to have to deal with like what is going on and where are we going? Where are we now? When is this going to be over? Is it going to be over? What are we going to do? Like, am I next to get it? Is someone I love going to get it? You know, like there was a lot of that going on. So being able to like create content and provide some sort of like sexual escape for other people, but also myself. Um, yeah, it was it was a much needed thing because like without it, I don't know what else I would have really been doing for the last year or so. Like I was able to... I was able to film like a couple of times with like Hemeros uh, mostly right. um, Davies studio, and and I did like a couple of like I mean I did the parade I was able to do the parade the Macy's Day parade but aside from that I really was just you know just like everybody else just stuck in the house watching Tiger King so, <laughs> right does do the two worlds do the two worlds did the parade world or the the musical world ever overlap with the um, adult world do they know do people know that you do that or cuz it feels to me like you you are sort of unabashed in all of it like that it that if they did know it would not be a big deal. You don't have this thing of like, you know, like there's not a lot there's no shame around it, which I think is awesome. Yes, How do they interact would, those two worlds? Yeah, I would I would say it's definitely more so um that nowadays. For a long long time, I absolutely tried to like keep them separate and compartmentalize all of it. Yeah. I was like I any, I don't want there to be any overlap. I don't want anyone to know that Andre Donovan is Dalton Jackson. Dalton Jackson is Andre Donovan. Like total, like Clark Kent, Superman. Like right. no, like don't they? Neither of the two exists, right? As far as other is concerned. But I don't know, like, and I guess I did that because again, <laughs> just societal. Yes, of norms course. Of tell, like, there's shame in being a sex worker. There's shame in being gay and having sex on camera. There's. There's, you know, once you decide, decide to be a porn model, well, don't expect to no do anything else. No one will ever else. take you seriously as anything else. No one else. will ever take you seriously. No one will want to marry you. No one will, like, yeah. will hire you for the movies, you know, whatever. Um, so so a lot of it was just that stuff. But then I think, again, the more the older I've gotten and, like, the more I go through this stuff, I'm just like, that's not true. Like I'm not like, buying it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying that. And then also, you know, thank God I have some of the best friends in the world, like talking with them and stuff. There was just like, that was it. I really don't think anybody would care. And there's just like, the great thing is that, you know, you're doing like really good quality stuff and it's like, you're good at what you do. And so if anyone has a problem with it, that's their own hangups. Like that's their own issue. That has nothing to do with you or anything wrong that you've done, you know? Um, so for a while, yes, I tried my best like damnedest to like keep the two separate but nowadays it's like i don't know and and you know what it's, it's even with me trying so hard to keep them separate people still found out like people would still like message me and they're like hey is this you or like i get a message from someone that I went to high school with like bouncing can i ask you a question i'm like i already know what's going yeah you know <laughs> like like people still found out still found out even with me trying to keep the two separate all of it separate yeah so so now I'm in a place where it's like, well, I'm just going to do what I do. And if people find out, they find out. Yeah, so what? Yeah. It's like, what am I? Yeah, like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, we live in, the, again, I will say the good thing that works to my benefit is that we do live in a different time now where sex work is not demonized. And, you know, if I'm going to be completely honest, too, I think me being a man makes it even that much more easier. If I were a woman, I feel like maybe there'd be a little more, like, um, stigma attached to it. I agree. Because 
world, the world is just not as fair to women when it comes to this kind of stuff. But me being a guy, they, you know, they're probably like, oh, you know, whatever. Gay guys have sex anyway. So right. Cool. Exactly. With women, you, you know, would think she doesn't really want to be doing that. If she had her brother, she wouldn't yeah, be doing that. It's like, oh, something's wrong with her. Or like, right. she's broken. Or, right. Like, no, yeah. She's not. Yeah. Have sex. But yeah. also, it seems like it's sort of like coming out. That energy you took to compartmentalize that's energy that you could be putting into something else. And so it must have been a relief when you're like, oh, what if I just don't care? I mean, I think yeah. that's one of the reasons I want to talk to you is because you have that spirit about you that breaks these stigmas in such a, a way that feels sort of effortlessly uh, cool. Oh. Do you ever burn out on, on sex? Or you're like, oh, I just can't do it today. Or like, has it affected that part of your life in any way? Like, I just need a break. Oh God. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like you, I feel like we go through that just in general, like, right. you know, especially like if you are like a gay guy in like a big city and sex is just such at your disposal. Yeah. There are definitely times you get burnt out. You're like, I just need to take like a break. Like, I can take a few days off like a week. I'm like, I'm not going to have sex with anybody. I just kind of want to like chill. Right. Absolutely. And even more so when you have sex for money, like you're a sex worker, it's like your job. You absolutely are like, I don't want to touch anybody. I don't want to be anybody. Right. I don't want to be near anyone. Just, I just, I want to be in my room eating Doritos and like watching TV and then I'm going to go to sleep. I don't right. want to have sex. With, I don't like, yeah. I, no. And maybe, so or may, maybe, or maybe not, I'm going to watch Crossroads again or Center Stage. Yes. Okay. Right. More than like, right oh <laughs> um, absolutely but but the great thing about taking breaks like that is like when you come off of that break you're like so in need of it like you need it so bad like i know particularly for myself if i have like a studio scene coming up or if i'm like filming with an only fans guy who i'm just like oh i want this to be really really good i always take anywhere from like three to five days maybe even like a week off prior to meeting with them because i want to be so in need of like sex like i want my sexual energy to be like through the roof right so that when i meet I'm just going to like, like ravage him. Like I just want, I want it to be like high energy. Like, Oh, I haven't slept with anyone in like nearly a week or like a right. whole week. Like I need, I need sex. Like, but I want it to be like animalistic and stuff. So I always take like several days to a week off prior to um, filming scenes. Right. Well, I think this is interesting as well is that you don't seem to try to protect your masculinity or project it so much. Cause in a lot of, I think in, in a lot of your porn work, you're usually on the top or whatever. But then cut to yeah. your Instagram and you're like doing sometimes like you don't seem hung up around that masculine. I got to I got to project a certain image, right? No, not at all. I think I think I don't buy into that stuff either. I think everyone should be allowed to do what they want to do and be unapologetically who they are. I think I I think one of the most fun, great things about being a gay guy is that we totally can be all those things. Like we can, yeah, we can be total like, you know, alpha mask guy, sporty jock or whatever we want. But if I want to throw on a crop top and like do I'm a slave for you for our, I can do that too. And I'm allowed. Right. And I, and I, I just think the world would be such a better place if we just allowed everyone to do that. You know, I feel like, I feel like society, not to like necessarily like defend straight guys, but I feel like society sometimes can be so like hard on like, creating like reiterating this like toxic masculinity For thing and that's, sure. why that's why so many straight guys are so like angry and like violent and like they do all this like weird stuff because they're they're not allowed to like just be themselves like if a straight guy wants to like i don't know explore whatever let him do it 
I feel like the world would be much better off. Because I will say, you know, on the flip side of what I said earlier, in terms of like, you know, gay men and women being like demonized for being sexual. At the same time, it seems like society kind of gives a get out of jail free card anytime a gay guy or a girl wants to do something that's a little like weird or different. It's like, oh, you, you know, you hooked up with someone of the same sex or the opposite, you know, like if a gay guy makes out with a girl, it's like, oh, okay, he just wants to have a little fun. If a straight girl makes out with a girl, it's like, oh, she just wants to have a little fun. If a straight guy makes out with a, gay, a guy, everyone wants to like jump on him and be like, oh, you were gay, I knew it, you know? Right. I feel like that's, yeah, I, I feel like we just need to like let people like just do what they want to do and be who they are. And like, I, I think like people are like, I think we're all on like this whole like spectrum of things. Like, yeah, sometimes I do like to be really, really like masculine and jockey and like, you know, sporty. And I like to like work out and be, you know, that or whatever. And sometimes I do have that energy, but like later on that day, I might just want to like, like close up and watch still Magnolias or something. Like I'm not, you know, it just, right. I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm all the things. And yeah. I think, I think most people are, I, I don't, I don't think any one person on God's green earth is all of one thing all the time. Like yeah. that seems that seems so foreign to me. And, and, and to be quite honest, boring. I wouldn't want to be just one thing all the time. Right. Like I get bored with stuff so easily, you know, like, like, like even stuff as simple as like body washes or like, you know, body sprays. Like sometimes I want to smell real, like, you know, testosterone and mannish. Right. But then sometimes I want to smell like really like flowery and like powdery. Like it right. just, and I, and I like both. Like I enjoy both. Like I don't, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I have no hangups about like projecting any image in either way. Right. Like, I, I, I do what I want to do and what, whatever I feel like doing that day, and I, and I, I would encourage everyone else to do the same. So long as you're not hurting anybody else or getting in, getting in anybody else's way, keeping them from doing what they want to do. Yeah. I think you should absolutely like be yourself and 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 not be sorry about it. Yeah. Well, I think it comes through. I think that's why I want to talk to you. Uh, what did your like friends and family think of what what you do? So my my brother he knows and he's straight. He thinks it's just kind of like oh okay cool you like make your money like he like I don't think he he cares as much. He's, right. You know me and my brother are very close. He's like one of my favorite people in the whole world. Yeah, I think I saw him on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. and he's like Devin. He's just like I think he's just like yeah just like be careful or whatever. But he's like do you know, like do you it's like i don't care it's like it's cool he just kind of he just kind of sees it like oh that's just my job like he doesn't really think of it as anything as anything more than that it's like oh that's just my job like if i worked in finance or insurance right. something oh, it's just your job like okay cool you know i don't think he and he's never even mentioned anything about like oh is this going to mess up your career for like theater and music like he's never even mentioned anything like he, i think he just literally just sees it as all one big thing like entertainment which it you know, you know and i kind of view it in that way too it's all right. just kind of big thing of entertainment um my mom she does not know she does she knows that i do sometimes like nude modeling for like photographers and like sketch drawing and stuff right. she does not she does not know that i do like porn i don't think moms need to know everything right you know <laughs> like right. some things are better left like you know she i mean if if it comes if it becomes something that she just like finds out about like i'll just explain to her you know, I'll cross that bridge when I have to. But as of right now, I don't feel the need to, like, explain to my mom about, like, the fact that her son is a sex worker. But I think, I mean, I think she probably, you know, I think most parents don't really want to think about their kids having sex, period. Yeah. And she would probably, like, any mom, she would first be like, I don't like that. Like, why do you do that? Like, uh, you know, she probably wouldn't be a fan. Yeah. But I think, you know, ultimately, she'd have to just accept the fact that, like, I am an adult, I'm a grown up now. I'm going to be 35 in like less, like a week, week and a half. So, right. you know, I, you know, I, I, 
I'm in a place now where I'm mean, I, I can do whatever it is that I want to do. And like if I, if I make that decision to you know do porn and OnlyFans and all that stuff as a as as an adult, then that's what I you know that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Do you have that entrepreneurial gene where like with something like OnlyFans where you can really dive into it and motivate yourself? And because I think a lot of people in this current economy, there's opportunities if you mm -hmm. if you have that personality. But some people just aren't wired that way. Do you have that sure. thing of like, do you have the entrepreneurial spirit thing in you? I like to say yes, I do. I think, um, I think I definitely like, I'm a pretty like laid back, chill, like bubbly person. But when it comes to like career and business things, I can be very serious. And I like to look at like things as like, what's the overall outcome of this? And how can I make this work better in my favor? Right. Um, so, you know, well, and like with your like, music, like you built your music from the ground up. So that's, exactly, that has exactly. that same, yeah. something, make something out of nothing vibe. Yes. And so like creating like art and music and entertainment, you know, it is something that I am very, very passionate about. Um, and, and yes, like I, you know, I do these things for, 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 for fulfillment as an artist, but also like, you know, this is essentially what I want to do to make a living. Like I want this to be my career. Right. So, yeah, I like to think that, like, I looked at, I like to think, especially as I'm getting older and because I am now in the process of essentially, I wouldn't say necessarily combining all these worlds, but I'm not, I'm not trying to separate them as right. much, but because I know that there is sort of an inevitable fusing of it all, right. then I, I need to make sure that I make the most out of it. So, yes, I will say that I look at things through a very systematic, um, entrepreneurial type of uh, perspective like okay well if this is going to happen and then, then i need right. to do this so that all of this makes sense and this works you know what i mean like like prime example like i mean i just released a remix ep for my single shirtless right it's a very the r&b dance song about being shirtless and having like wanting to hook up with this guy right obviously that's something that's very on brand with being a porn actor right so it's not, so, not yes, a big disconnect I, I, yeah, so, you know, it, it all kind of ties together. So, yeah, I, you know, I have a much larger following as Andre Donovan than I do as myself, Dalton Jackson. Right. So, I've, you know, for the first time in my career, I've used my platform as Andre to promote my music because why wouldn't I? You know, right. like, I have a larger following there, and there's this song about being shirtless and wanting to, like, hook up with a hot guy. Well, that just kind of goes in line with, you know, all the, all the different things, yeah, you know, it works out. Um, yeah. Tell people how they can find your stuff. Tell people how they can find you online or sure. they can listen so, to your music. Um, yeah. So all of my music is available on all platforms. Yeah. Uh, Apple music, Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, Google play, all the other things. So whatever, whatever music platform you use, you can yeah. find all of my songs. Just search Balton Jackson, Balton Jackson. Um, and make sure you definitely check out my new remix EP, Shirtless. The remixes just came out May 1st. Um, on social media and for Instagram, it's just at Dalton Jackson. Nice. And then that's the only Instagram I have. There are no others. And Andre doesn't have Instagram, but Andre has a Twitter. Dalton doesn't have a Twitter, but Andre has a Twitter. And Twitter I have, uh, it's at Andre Donovan XO, XO, like hugs and kisses, at Andre Cute. Donovan XO. And then OnlyFans is just at Andre Donovan. Nice. No expo, just at Andre Donovan. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that I think that's everything. Yeah. Awesome. 
a few more questions. How does how does the current life that you're living in terms of content creating all that stuff? How does it work with a love life? Are you able to are you able to have it? Does it depend on the person? Does it depend on how you're feeling? How does that work? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, I would, you know, I will say that it can be sometimes tricky to maneuver um, because, <laughs> ironically enough, gay men can sometimes be more judgmental about the sex work stuff than anybody else. That's it's like there's there's quite a people, quite a few people in our community who will like they'll watch you do porn and they think it's hot, but then they won't date you because you do porn. Right. So I, I, so I guess, I think I would say it depends on the person, you know, but I think, I don't know, like I, I haven't had the best luck with it. Like I would say, I can definitely think of right now, like a couple of guys who I've dated who, you know, I guess maybe they were just the jealous type or whatever it is. They did. They just, they couldn't see past it. They didn't, they didn't really enjoy knowing that I was like having sex with all these other guys right. and they could see it and anyone could just see, you know, see it all over, like all online, you know, yeah. I, the sex we had together was like literally great and like passionate. It was awesome. Like the sex was good, but they just mentally, I guess, couldn't get past the fact that, oh, my boyfriend is having sex with like literally all these other guys. Right. And I don't judge them for that. I understand that it's not for everybody. Like right. I, I, cause I can get jealous sometimes too. Like I understand right. Yeah. Um, but like currently right now, like I'm single, I'm not dating anyone. Um, but I don't see it as a bad thing. I hate that we have this sort of like this view that being single means like, oh, you're missing out. Like, oh, you're what's wrong. It's like not like people are in relationships all the time and they're miserable. Like, right. Not, we don't know, always know the full story. Yeah, it's not like that's not it's not an accomplishment. Like that doesn't yeah. mean that you're doing better than anybody else just because you have a boyfriend. I think what's most important is to like work on yourself, make sure you're in a good place with you, and then you know when the time comes, like you'll meet a guy who's right for your fit. You know what right. I mean? Like it's I'm not in any rush to be in a relationship. Like I really am. Like no, I don't have a boyfriend right now, but I'm super ecstatic about like what things that are happening right now and where I am and like I'm happy I've got great friends I've got great family like I don't I don't feel incomplete because I don't have a boyfriend or a husband but I'm open to it like if I met someone who I legitimately thought like this guy is great I want to like I want to I want to I want to add him into my life I want to like take some trips and buy some you know birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or something with this guy because he seems I would absolutely do that. Yeah. Love it. Um, well, it was funny. I was watching the Oscars with my friend, Glenn, with two of my single friends. And I'm single nice. as well. And every winner was like, I want to thank my husband. I want to thank my wife. And I was like, do married people do better? Do they go farther in a way? Is there something to mm-hmm. that? I don't know if there's studies done. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious. I, you know, I, sometimes I think about that. Because I think I'm okay being single. And then sometimes I wonder, like, I don't know. Because it, it, it's like nobody ever says, "I want to just thank all my friends because I'm I don't have an agent or, or or a husband or any kids at home." It's never <laughs> it's never that story. Um, I just have a couple more questions. What's the dream gig for you? What would you love to do? Be a recording artist, yeah, full time. Yeah, to be like a recording artist full time. Who you know, I'd probably still keep the OnlyFans up because like, why not make the money? Like, sure, I'll keep it up there. Um, I probably would like. 
pass on most of the studio work. It, like if I was a full-time recording artist, because I feel like that would take up most of my time. Right. And I would love to get into more film and TV. Theater has been great. I really love theater, but I did. I have noticed that in the pandemic, I don't know, I didn't miss it as much as I thought I would. Like I haven't been like miserable without having musical theater in my life. Yeah. I am supposed to do a production of Chicago this summer, though, at the Muni in St. Louis. That would be amazing. Just the mesh, the mesh alone and the Fosse of yeah. it. The Capizio yeah. Jazz Pants. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I've always wanted to do that show. I love that show, and I love the movie. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, long term, that would be so ideal to be, like, yeah. a successful singer-songwriter, recording artist who occasionally does uh, movies and TV spots. That would be the dream, for sure. I love it. Well, I, I'm really glad we got to talk. I think what you do is Thank cool, you. and I like the spirit that you bring to everything you do. Uh, it's why Thank I wanted to talk to you. Final question. What's your Britney fantasy meetup scenario? Mm. My Britney fantasy. Because you like, haven't met if, have, if I could have it my way. Yeah. Yeah. So I've noticed with Britney, because again, I'm obsessed with her. Of course. She, you know, she's very sweet. She's very sweet, but she's like really shy. She does not do well with like crazy, fanatic, like crying hysterically, like overexcited fans like right. especially nowadays like she used to kind of be okay with it when she was like younger but now i think it just kind of freaks her out right so that i would be that person would I, if i met her i probably feel like i would just be like really silent and quiet and i don't know i'd probably start crying but not like hysterical like something like tears would just start rolling from just <laughs> an over for an over rush of emotion sure and i feel like it, i feel like it would freak her out but i have found again whenever it comes to like me working I'm just in a different place in my mindset. So an ideal situation would be like me and Brittany to like work on a song together. Thank you. And so if I'm in the studio, like me and her, like I'd be in work mode. So like, yes, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm in the studio recording with Britney Spears. Right. But then at the same time, I'd be like, well, that's you got to get your work. You got to know your vocals. What are your lyrics? You're just working with another artist. So I would love to do a song with her and then ultimately like, you know, re release a music video with it where it's just like me and her, like, just dancing our asses off together. I, that, like, that would be, that would be, like, made. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I can die a happy person. Like, I recorded and released a single with Britney, and we have, like, a music video so that it lives eternally for all time. That that would be right. dreams, goals made. Like, I wouldn't need to work another day in my life if that happened. That honest. would be it. Especially if it was, like, a really, really good song and, like, a great video, and it, like, came out and yeah. like, people, like, was well-received. That would be that would be awesome. I feel like that. I feel like I would do much better in that situation versus like just meeting her at like a meet and greet or something. Right. You work with her, right? And then I maybe maybe you go to Star. There's Starbucks runs involved because you want to go she to Starbucks. Love, she does love her. She loves her Starbucks. She loves her Cheetos. <laughs> so we can like grab a bag of Cheetos from like the Dwayne Reed or something, or from like the you know the drugstore, and then we can go grab grab Cariel, Cariel Macchiatos. Yeah. I hope that happens for both of you. For both of you, I want that for her as well. Um, this is really fun to talk to you. Happy early birthday. Thank you for having me. It's oh, my pleasure. You. You're a delight. All right. It's a few days after our okay. initial interview, and I'm bursting into the middle of this podcast with a special treat for you. I know it's your birthday month. I know you love Britney Spears. So a few years ago, I was a writer on the RuPaul game show, the Gay for Play game show starring RuPaul was the official title. And my favorite part of that show okay. is that they had one round where each contestant got to pick something that they knew really well. Like it was their expert round. And I wrote a quiz about Madonna and I wrote a quiz about Britney. Love it. 
because there were a, a couple of Britney fans that picked Britney as their thing. So I'm like, I'm going to see if I can find those quizzes and give you a Britney birthday quiz for your birthday. All right. Are you up for it? I'm so up for it. Oh my gosh, Dennis, thanks. Okay. Well, <laughs> don't feel bad if you don't know these. Some are a little obscure. If you get an answer right, you will hear this. And if you get an I answer did. wrong, you will hear this. Are you ready to yeah, do this? Okay. I'm so ready. Here we go. What state was Brittany born in? She was born in Mississippi. That's correct. What is Brittany's legal middle name? Jean. Correct. Brittany's cousin Chad played her love interest in what music video? Baby Time. That is correct. What is the name of her mother's memoir? Mm. Lynn Spears wrote a book. She did. Oh, something with heart. God damn it. No, uh, it has to do with um, resilience and maybe a thunder and lightning. Through the storm? Yes. I'm giving you that. Oh, but, I was thinking I was thinking the book that they wrote like early in her career. Okay, my Oh, yeah, it was, was the mom's book. Okay. Yeah. All right. Britney's first husband shares a name with what Seinfeld actor? Um, J- J- Jason, uh, Jason Alexander. Yes. Well done. What Nickelodeon series did Britney co-write the theme song for? I'm assuming it's the one that Jamie Lynn was on, which, what was the name of that show? Um, There's a name in it and a number in it. Uh, Zoe 101. Yep. Crushing it. Yes. What Shaka Khan hit did Britney and Justin Timberlake cover on the Mickey Mouse Club? I'll take you there. Um, Nope. I feel for you, but you you got the same amount of words, so that's close. What country song did Britney sing when she appeared on Star Search? What country song? Yeah. I believe it was by the Judds. Love Build a Bridge. Love Can Build a Bridge. There you go. What actor did Britney end up in bed with on How I Met Your Mother? Oh, I never saw that episode, damn it. Um was it was it Doogie Hauser? What is his name? Neil Patrick Harris. We're Neil giving Patrick it to you. Harris. What Bobby Brown song did Britney cover? My prerogative. Yeah. One of her best covers, by the way. Exactly. It totally holds up. In yeah. 2002, Britney joined the judging panel of what competition show? Uh, uh, X Factor. Yes. What Vegas hotel was home to Britney's show Peace of Me? Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. What is the name of Britney's oldest son? Um, J- J- Jaden James. No. Oh, that's the youngest one. What's the other one? Um, Sean, Sean Preston. Boom, we'll give it to you. Britney won a Grammy for Best Dance Recording in 2005 for what song? Toxic. Her best song, I think. It's a great one. It's, it's the one. best. What's the name of Britney's character in Crossroads? Oh, shit. Lucy. Very good. What yeah. soft drink did Britney sing about in a Super Bowl commercial? Pepsi. Correct. One of her best 
ads ever. Oh, so good, Best right? Pepsi commercial. Okay, what song was Britney singing when she danced with the snake on the 2001 VMA Awards? I'm a slave for you. Yeah, duh. Okay. <laughs> what NBC sitcom did Britney appear on in 2006? It wasn't How I Met Your Mother. Nuh-uh. Uh, was it uh, Ugly, Ugly, not Ugly Betty? Mm-mm. It was, it was very gay. She was never on Will and Grace. Will and Grace, I heard you say it. She was on Will and Grace. She was on Will and Grace? Yeah. You're going to have to do a deep dive in that. That was your weekend right there. Okay. Happy birthday. That's a birthday present. Or her her appearance on uh, Will and Grace. What's the only Britney video to win video of the year at the VMAs? It's not one you would think of. It was more, it was more, it was later than you would think. And it won video of the year? Yeah. At the VMAs? Yeah. Which album? I'm not sure. More, more Later than earlier. Later than earlier. After, it might have been Breakdown. Or Break... What, what, womanizing? No, Piece of Me. Piece of Me. Same album. Same album. Same album. I got you. Okay. What song begins with Britney speaking? It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> okay. What girl band was Britney in before launching her solo career? What was the name of that band? I feel like she was like barely in it. It was something like in- Innocence? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. Spelled with an S. I-N-N-O-S-E-N-C-E. Ah. Okay. In a sense. Britney's song, Ooh La La, is from what animated movie? The Smurfs. The Smurfs 2, but we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you because you were so excited by the Smurfs answer. (laughs) Actor Steven Dorff saves Britney from drowning in a bathtub in what video? Every time. Very good. Classic. Classic. What TikTok singer co-wrote Britney's hit, Tell the World Ends? Well, I... Well, that was Kesha. Kesha, yeah. Was Kesha was on TikTok? No, TikTok was her song. Oh, her song. I read that and I got confused because when I wrote this quiz, TikTok wasn't a thing. The the, oh, the app wasn't a thing. Um, yes. And finally, in, the, in this particular quiz, what was the name of Britney's third album? Britney. Yeah. Okay, that was one of the quizzes. So you did very well on that one. And then we had another one because we had two diehard Britney fans. Um, yeah. Give me this I'm one. Sorry. I don't think I wrote that one, but I know I wrote this one. Okay. So if the listeners go, wow, these questions are better than those first ones, that's why. <laughs> okay. Gonna... Who did Britney Spears play on Jane the Virgin? Oh, that was the show, Jane the Virgin. Oh, she played herself. Right? See, already there's a twist to that question. Yeah. What movie does Britney reference during the spoken word section of Oops, I Did It Again? Titanic. It's the dumbest part of that song, and I just, it's so... Makes no sense. It's completely so, random, but I still love it. It's iconic, nonetheless. It, it makes Thank you. Really it's so dumb that she did a bit from Titanic, and yet like, we're, we're all in. In what <laughs> song does Britney ask us if we want a Maserati? <laughs> work good. Thank you. See, these, <laughs> questions, these questions are just stronger. I'm sorry. What entourage after... What's that? You said stronger. Stronger. Thank you. Exactly. 
What entourage actor appeared in Britney's video for Crazy? Uh, he was also he was in the same movie You Drive Me Crazy. I don't know his name. Adrian yes, Grenier. Um, Adrian Grenier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, him. What was the name of Britney's first fragrance? Uh, curious. Thank you. Well done. Yeah. What song has Britney riding on the back of Tyson Beckford's motorcycle? Mm, dreams. Uh, toxic. Toxic, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Who did Britney duet with on Pretty Girls? Uh, Iggy Azalea. Good. Who became famous by screaming, leave Britney alone? Oh, gosh. There's that YouTube guy. Um, he had blonde hair, Twinkie. He ended up doing porn as well. Right. Uh, what is his name? I don't know. Chris Crocker. Chris Crocker! Right. Exactly. All right. <laughs> what Britney dance did Grace and Jack recreate on Will and Grace? Oops, I did it again. I did see that episode. There you go. What former Britney co-star imitated Britney singing This Little Piggy on The Tonight Show? <laughs> uh, Christina Aguilera. Yes. Again, well, I also love. a witty, fun question from Hensley. Thank you. Um, yes. What's the only Britney album cover that has her wearing a hat? Blackout. Well done. Um, what animated Fox series did Britney lend her voice to in 2000? Simpsons? That's right. Yeah. Madonna collaborated with Britney on what single? Me Against the Music. There it is. What color was the umbrella that Britney used to attack the, a paparazzo's car? What color was the umbrella? She was wearing a gray hoodie, white shorts. Was it black? <laughs> it was green. Green! Right? Uh, but we don't want to dwell on those sad, ugly moments. No. That's, no, we don't. We left but them I, behind. I mean, that is an iconic memory, obviously. Right. You know. She what? was fed up. She had had enough. She fed up. She had it. What bad boy actor did Britney accompany to the premiere of The Recruit? Um, he's so sexy. Uh, and he had his uh, hand around her neck, kind of like in a chokehold. Right. Room. It was like right after the Justin thing. It was very hot. Colin Farrell? Yes. Colin Farrell is there's right. there's also a Colin Firth. I, I, I get them confused. Yeah, you got it. What rock band did Britney perform Walk This Way with at the Super Bowl? Aerosmith. Boom, yes. What word does Britney write in lipstick on a photographer's forehead in the Piece of Me video? That is a very good question. I have a hint for you. It's also the name of a Jonas Brothers song. That does not help me. But it's such a good song from the Joe Bros. Recent. In the last two years. I am drawing a blank. I have absolutely no idea. That's okay. Sucker. Oh. Right? What part of her body did Britney injure while shooting a video in 2004? Her knee. Very well. Twice. She's had two knee surgeries on the same knee, poor thing. I know. I love that you're very in touch with her pain and what she's going through at, at all absolutely. times. Yeah. Britney and Justin Timberlake showed up to the 2001 American Music Awards wearing what fabric head to toe? Denim. It's iconic and ridiculous. So she looks great. She yeah. looks great. 
Who did Britney lose the Best New Artist Grammy to in 2000? Christina Aguilera. Boom. What Michael Moore doc documentary does Britney chew gum in? Is it, is it Stages? Nuh uh. It is Fahrenheit 9 11. Britney was in that documentary. Oh, that's right. With, yes. the, wig, with, the, with the bob wig. Yes. Like chewing gum. Yeah. Who did Britney record Scream and Shout with? Uh, well, I am. Boom. What Avatar star played Britney's friend Kit in Crossroads? Uh, Zoe Saldana. Boom. What's Britney's brother's name? Brian. Boom. And here's your final question. It's a very sexy one. Oh, okay. What 2000 hit from Britney has her singing about a menage a trois? Uh, three. Boom. You crushed it, Valton. I think you got almost all of them. With a few hits. With right. a few hits. Yeah, was that everything? Was that, that everything was you dreamed so it would good. be? Oh my god, I loved it. Yeah. And it was great to like know some things that I didn't know. Like some things I never thought about. Right. Like the forehead thing in Peace of Me. I never even thought about it. You will think about it from now on. All right. I've seen that video like a hundred times. All right. Now you remember it. All right. This was fun. <laughs> I'm gonna edit it into the podcast and um not even pretend that it happened on the same day. But um that's, That's good. Okay. I love it. All right. That cool. Yeah, that was so much fun. I'm so glad you uh, you asked me to do it. That was so much well, fun. here's the thing. I don't have these on my computer, but I reached out to the producer on Facebook and I said, this is a long shot. I mean, this show was six years ago or something. And he's like, yeah. hold on, I'll see if I can find it. And he, he was like, sent them back. I'm like, all right, let's do this. I yeah. love it. I'm yeah. so glad. Yeah. Because that, that was actually really, really fun. I loved it. Good. I'm so glad. Well, you, you deserve to be um, heralded for your devotion to Miss Pretty Spears. Thanks again to Valton Jackson for doing the podcast and for doing the quiz. Uh, you can uh, find him on Instagram, Valton Jackson. You can find his uh, music, Shirtless, um, is the new EP. It's on Spotify and all those other places. And you can also find him on OnlyFans as Andre Donovan. All right, so this happened. I'll keep it quick this week. I watched that show Hacks the other night on HBO Max with Gene Smart. And uh, it really reminded me of my time working for Joan Rivers on Fashion Police in a, in a good way. Gene Smart plays a really successful Vegas comedian that's, you know, of a certain age. Been doing it a long time. And she's paired up with this writer from the millennial generation who's gotten booted from her career for a tweet. She got canceled. <clears throat> so they're pairing up to try to help each other. But just watching it and the way Gene Smart's character is depicted, there were so many little echoes that I thought, oh, that reminds me of Joan. Like just seeing the the sort of the opulence of, of the surroundings, but also what it took to get there. And there's a scene where Gene Smart has a um, soda fountain in her kitchen that does Diet Coke and stuff. And uh, Joan didn't have that, but in the there's a scene where Joan where Jean Smart changes the CO2 tank herself, even though she has help in her house. She's like, I got it, and that reminded me of Joan. Just like I'll crawl under there and fix a thing. Like, like I just remember her putting down the like uh, she would have cue cards at the front of her stage for new jokes and stuff, and I just remember her writing them and putting them out there. And like she wasn't afraid to get down on her hands and knees and do some work, whether it's putting on cards or changing the co2 on the in-home soda fountain so there's that check it out I, I really enjoyed it so far all right that's all i have for this week 
Thank you for listening. I know it was a long one, but uh, it was a fun one too. Catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.